stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, and today we're going to have Michael Lawrence as our guest. We're going to be talking about health and healing and all kinds of wonderful things like that. First, I'd like to thank our engineer, Reuben. We haven't had the privilege of having Reuben before. We hope Chad's having a wonderful vacation, and we know that Reuben's going to make us sound as good as he possibly can. When people get sick in our society, they often go to a doctor for help. They might experience all kinds of things. They might have some treatments or take some medications. Uh, They might have surgery to remove something, replace something, fix something. They might go to physical therapy. They might go to all kinds of things. This is considered traditional medicine. And when we talk about it, we speak of people getting better or responding well to treatment or maybe being cured from a disease. Other people might turn to alternative or complementary medicine, uh, such as our practitioner from last week's show, Gabe Hoffman, who was a, a, a holistic coach, mainly in the area of nutrition. He talked about how important our thoughts are and how they influence our wellness and our illness. You know, we've all heard of instances where things just cleared up spontaneously, like tumors vanished symptoms disappeared. I've been in nursing over 50 years. I'm not going to tell you exactly how many of those years. But in that time, I've seen all kinds of things happen, which most of us would consider miracles, miraculous happenings. People like Wayne Dyer believe all problems are spiritual, and for healing to take place, spiritual healing must initiate the changes. Uh, Others, like Deepak Chopra, say that Healing happens in the space between thoughts. Bruce Lipton talks about the biology of belief and how your beliefs affect your state of health, your state of well-being. There's all kinds of beliefs out there, and there's all kinds of things to show that they're all right. You know, all of them are right. We're incredibly unique, those of us in this race we call the human race, 
And it's interesting how many ways there are to help us. Uh, today we're hearing a lot of talk about energy medicine. We're hearing more about healing, about the power of prayer, about energy. Um, all of these things are important, and it's important for us to keep an open mind and an open heart to find the things that work for us. All of this being said, our guest today is a, a coach, and he's a healer. He's had over 35 years of experience as a holistic health practitioner. His niche is emotional health with extensive personal experience related to codependency recovery, strengthening self-esteem, healing inner child, stress management, and meditation practice. And he's going to share a lot of his story with us. And I'm telling you, when you experience it firsthand like this, you really get a grip on it. You know what it means. You know the pain it involves. You know the suffering you endure. And you also know how wonderful it is when healing happens. Michael's the author of the new ebook, Emotional Health, The Secret for Freedom from Drama, Trauma, and pain, and I love that title. It's actually an owner's manual describing practical methods to release your physical and emotional chronic pain, suffering, and emotional stress. And most of us experience some of that sometime or other, and some people have it a lot of the time. Michael's on a, a virtual book tour. We're going to let him tell us about this virtual book tour. It's a, a new concept, kind of exciting. This is the second time we've participated in a virtual book tour. And, you know, for my part, I really like it. I think it's exciting. I think it's a wonderful way for people to get seen, especially if they're new in the arena of publishing and uh, getting their word to the public. Anyway, let me stop this and introduce to you Michael Lawrence. Michael, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank How you, are you? Tell us a little bit about where you live, who you are. Just you know, give them an introduction to yourself. Put, put let's say, put an, a virtual face on this introduction. Well, I live in Sedona, Arizona, which uh, has many red rocks, and uh, it's. It's a major tourist uh, attraction. So most of the people in the U.S. Uh, have heard of Sedona or have visited it. Um, I've lived here since 1995. Uh, Sedona is considered a sacred site or power center. What that means is that the earth energy here is magnified in Sedona. And so when people uh, come just, just to see the beauty uh, they experience something. They know there's something special, something different here. And there are other people that come specifically for emotional and spiritual healing and growth because they know uh, from their previous experiences or with friends uh, that their inner growth can be accelerated when they come to Sedona. It's one of the most beautiful places on the earth, you know, just to see and certainly to experience. You're really blessed to be there. Yes, thank you. So tell us about yourself, Michael. <clears throat> well, as Irene has said, I have over 35 years as a holistic health practitioner, or we could call uh, myself an energy healer. Uh, and as Irene has said, talked about the uh, energy medicine, that there is more research coming out, like Bruce Lipton and others. Um, and as an energy healer, uh, I also experience 
the techniques that I use personally for my own personal growth. So these 35 years have been an inner journey for me, for my own personal healing, and also I have learned many different techniques that work and have used them for, to help other people. I also have uh, I've been a Bowen work practitioner since 2005, and this is the modality that I use the most. It is, I call it energetic body work. It's light moves over muscles and tendons, which activates your own body's healing ability. And that works on all the different levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. I also have over 13 years as a residential coach and mentor to teenage girls at uh, therapeutic boarding schools. And I help them uh, with their self-esteem, improving their self-esteem, self-awareness, and self-reliance. And I have been teaching these girls for over four years in uh, uh, groups of 12 weeks of how to improve their self-esteem and start to recover from codependency. I have also have over 20 years as a seminar leader teaching people personal development. So you must be about 200 years old by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot of experience, and, and you know, I know that you do a lot of things simultaneously. Yeah, right. But you didn't, you did, well, you've been involved in healing for a long time, and one of the things that struck me in your book is how effective you were as a healer when you were undergoing some of your own greatest trials, some of your own suffering. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your own journey uh, in, in codependency and some of the work you needed to do to break through that? Yeah, I think a good way to, to uh, talk about that is to say a little bit to the listeners about where I came from as far as my background. I was actually born in Alberta, Canada, and lived there for half my life on a farm. My father was an alcoholic, uh, so the, the family life was, was very unpleasant and a lot of arguing and misery. And looking back at it, I, well, I had a very low self-esteem. Um, I can't really say why. I just had all this belief that I was in the, in the thought that it would, that would run through my mind uh, in the high school years was, I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. In other words, everybody else is better than me. Where that thought came from, I, I don't know. It was there. And as far as the codependency, uh, for those that you understand codependency, and we can talk a little bit about it later, I, to, I didn't feel safe in an alcoholic family, and, and people that have been in that kind of family can relate to that. Yeah, does anybody feel safe in an alcoholic family? Because right. you never know how the mood is going to be. Uh, so I went inside. I became invisible. I was the oldest of five children, and unconsciously I figured out if I retreat, then that will be the safest for me. So if nobody sees you, they can't hurt you. Right. Uh, and as, also as a result, I, I, I unconsciously, on an energetic level, looked after my mother because my father was an alcoholic. He wasn't there most of the time. And so for some reason, maybe because of my healer tendency, which I didn't, wasn't aware of at the time, I uh, stood as the man of the family, you know, as a, as a young child, which is obviously not healthy. Um, so I started out in the world with, you know, 
very low self-esteem and very high degree of codependency. And it's, I didn't realize, as many people do, that I was codependent. I didn't know what it was. Uh, it wasn't until the early 1980s that uh, Melanie Beattie and Codependent No More came out and started to explore it. And so two-thirds of the way through my life, I, I discovered in a relationship with someone who had, you know, had uh, understood it that I was codependent. And it took me another 20 years to recover from that. Not that everybody it's going to take them that long. Uh, it goes a lot quicker now. Well, and some people never recognize that that's even going on. So you were quite fortunate to to figure out what was going on yes. with you. Yes. So in essence, what I'm hearing is that you really didn't have a childhood of you know much much childhood to speak of. No, I didn't have a childhood with uh, you know playfulness, joy, happiness, <laughs> the kind of childhood that you know all of us would like. Yeah. So you you managed to get through school, and that that couldn't have been easy when you had the self esteem of nothing. It, it wasn't, and I had an inner drive that was part of who I was to do to do the best I could. So I motivated myself. I my father never talked to me, even when he was physically present. So I didn't have a father, uh, and uh, my mother I just didn't know how to talk because <laughs> it wasn't safe to talk. So I never talked to my mother either. So I kept everything inside myself, set my own goals. I, in, in, um, in, in uh, high school, I, I, I set um, a goal that I would get better grades than the smartest student in the, in the school, in the class. And did you do that? Well, I did, and uh, I didn't consider myself smart. That was a thing. And uh, just before graduation, the principal invited Stuart and myself into his office, and he talked to us, and he said, well, Stuart, you know, you're, you know, these weren't the exact words, but the idea was, you know, you're smart, and, and, and you're not, you know, you're not doing, you're not using your full potential, and, and he looked at me to my surprise and said, um, you know, Michael is, 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 you know, is, is doing as well as you, and, and, uh, you know, so he said, well, Michael, you're going to be the valedictorian, I, that really you know, wow. right out of the chair. <laughs> so raising you right out of the chair is a good time for us to take a, a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about your story and how you got where you are today. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. We're going for a short break right now. Stay tuned. We'll be right back and talk more with my guest, Michael Lawrence. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the World Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at World Talk Radio. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the World Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio or follow along with us at World Talk Radio, the World Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you are dealing with chronic illness or a disability, at times you can feel lost with nowhere to turn. 
It doesn't have to be this way at all. You can become an active participant with your doctor in the healing process. Tune in to A Healthy Way to Be Sick with host Mark Lerner. Mark has developed techniques to make your healing a partnership. Each weekly show will cover four main topics and how you can take steps and hear from experts that know the value of patient participation. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Michael Lawrence. He was talking about his childhood, his lack of self-esteem, his lack of anyone really to, to talk with, but how he achieved. He was really an overachiever and managed to be valedictorian of his class in high school. So tell us, Michael, give us a, a, a summary of, of your life and how you got to where you are today because you know, that's an interesting start from n- no self-esteem to being valedictorian of your high school class. That must have helped you some ways. Yeah, I, I felt really good about that. You know. um. So where did you go to from there? Where did you go from high school? Well, actually, uh, I was the first one in my family to go to college. We call it university in, a, in Canada, but college. Uh, and uh, I, I thought a lot about I didn't have really anybody to talk to. <laughs> Not like nowadays, you can go on the Internet, you can talk to different people in the professions. I decided because I liked the outdoors, I was going to be a geologist. I like rocks in the outdoors. Mm. I'd be a geologist, so I took tr- extra trigonometry. And um, then I went to college. I just took a general arts for the first year and decided I want to be a journalist because I like traveling. <laughs> and I thought I would, you know, like writing, although I'd, I'd never done much writing. And... Uh, Wrote an article for the for the uh, college newspaper, and they they uh, you know went through and really edited it, and that that that, that discouraged <laughs> me. I now I understand that's what you do, but I didn't understand it. Then. That's what you do. Yes, and uh, then I I, um, I I stayed out for a, for a, I went to, actually I decided uh, um, that I was going to travel the world. And, uh, and then I looked at uh, what was the place most people went. That was Hawaii. So I went to Hawaii and stayed there for nine months and never went any further because I liked it so much. I can understand that. Uh, went back to college and, uh, and uh, decided I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to make, you know, make the money and then, then I could do what I wanted, which I didn't know what that was. Okay. <laughs> and uh, in, in my... In my last year of taking a, and then I figured, well, a business degree is the best background for law. <laughs> so, you know, I took that, and in my last year, 
I was doing really well. You've got to have a high average, as people know, to get into law school or medical school. I flunked one simple test, and I went to the, really upset, and I went to the professor, and he said, well, no, there's nothing we can do about this. That really, you know, I just felt awful. But that was the best thing that could happen, because I looked around in my library and looked at all the books I had, and I, and, I, and I posed the question, if I could do anything in the world, study anything in the world, what would it be? And I looked at all the books, and they were on psychology. Say, well, I'd you know, like to study psychology. So I did that, took all the undergraduate dig, um, courses in psychology, really enjoyed it, really got great marks, and decided I was going to be like a counselor, a therapist, uh, applied to, to the graduate school, and they, they turned me down. And I, for some reason, never went and talked to people and said, what do you need, whatever, because the marks were good. Um, so I got discouraged with that. Anyway, it's a long story. <laughs> I just kept going. And um, in 1979, I came down to Los Angeles. I had a psychologist friend, Bob, and we had uh, attended a seminar in in Edmonton, Alberta, from two two therapists in L.A., and they gave a training program where you could come down for two months, work on, you know, explore your own feelings, come back to your community and share that. Well, Bob ran away after the first week. <laughs> oh, and left you alone. <laughs> yeah, and so I had the big decision, oh, do I continue? So I continued, uh, went through the two, two months, went back to, and then the big decision was, well, you know, I made some big emotional breakthroughs. Do I come back here? Do I go back to my old life where I had a good job and friends and, you know, and decided, no, i give that all up, leave it all behind, because I knew intuitively my best choice was to come to L.A., although I had all these thoughts of being homeless and no job, et cetera, et cetera. So that's got to me to L.A., and I stayed in this, um, uh, it was actually a community of 300 people, and I went to regular group therapy sessions and, and took the, 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 what they taught us out into the community, into work, into relationships, to improve all that. And... Uh, it turned out to be a cult. <laughs> nobody knew. <laughs> I was been thinking. there for 10 years, and the main man was uh, manipulating and controlling everybody. It didn't affect me. It was just it all ended. And uh, that led me to my next, next step because I, you know, I'd studied psychology a lot. I'd studied metaphysics. Uh, I, you know, I thought the whole thing was psychological as far as you know, healing, and, and emotional was in the right direction because given the background of my family, I, you know, avoided all my emotions because that was just uh, pain. Uh, I met a woman, and she said, you ought to go over to the Healing Light Center, and I, I didn't know what that was and uh, avoided that for a little bit and finally got over there, and this woman, Rosalind Briere, was teaching energy healing, which I knew nothing about. I didn't know anything about chakras, meridians, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. That must have been something of a surprise to you. I remember when I was introduced to it, I thought, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> what's this? You know, yeah. what's this? But it, to me, it was the next step beyond the mind, uh, the psychology. We're going into energy because we're all energy and we're all affected by energy. Exactly. And our thoughts are energy, our emotions are energy. And um, so I, I spent three years there and got a degree, and that launched me on my, on my healing career. And so- so you were really aware at that point that you were able to do some healing work, some energetic work. Well, no, I well a little bit. I uh, a little bit. I had a little sense of it, not a lot, 
because in 1975-76, my uh, psychiatrist I went to for personal growth uh, was using the Bach flower essences for people that are familiar Mm. with that. And I got attracted to those and just studied them and used them on my own, so I started that way. That was my first introduction, yeah. And for many years, I, I, I researched and used the different kinds of flower essences. So and it, those can be very helpful, very powerful. There's yes. all kinds of ways. Yes, because they deal with, you know, they help us uh, uh, in our emotional states, to heal our emotional states. Um, <clears throat> so, so actually, even in the three years, that I was studying the the, uh, the energy healing, I really didn't have a good sense that I was a healer. <laughs> uh, okay, but it's said you know it's said of you now that you have a special gift of healing. That's a quote that I read right about you. Yeah, Tell us what that means. Tell us what it means to have a special gift of healing, and what kind of healing work do you do? Okay. Uh, well, as the quote said, you know, I hold the heart of compassion. Uh, which can mean many things. It means, in relationship to me, is that I create or hold a safe space. So when somebody comes into my healing room and I have a massage table and people lay on the table fully clothed and I do my my, uh, healing work, run energy, um, by my presence they feel safe. and women, uh, some women don't feel safe with men because of, you know, who men are. Some men are and, uh, and uh, their experiences in the past with men. And w- my wife says and women that just know me, they say, oh, I, I feel really safe with you. Teenage girls say that. Uh, so it's part of who I am, part of my energy. And that's a great gift, especially when you're working with other people, especially when they're on a table. Yeah. You know, it's, it's critical that they yes. feel safe. Right. And uh, taking it further, they're saying they feel safe. It's, they're also saying as their inner child, for people that understand what the inner child is, which we'll speak, probably speak about a little bit later, their inner child feels safe. And if the inner child feels safe, then the adult can feel safe, then they can relax, they can open up, they can receive the energy better. Let, let's talk about the inner child now. Uh, Tell us where that concept even came from. You know, we're adults. Why do we have to deal with a, a child that somebody <laughs> says is in us? Right. Uh, some people understand that. Uh, men probably say, an inner child, get out of here. Yeah. You're, you're crazy. What are you talking about? The, the, the reality is that we all have an inner child. We have a little boy or girl, depending on what sex we are, who is the same, looks the same, as when we were a child, it might be four or five years old, it might be a little older. Um, the inner child is that part in our psyche, and that child carries the, their emotions and pain that we had as a child. Uh, it's still there as part of us. Uh, <clears throat> and as we heal... The emotional parts of ourself, the inner child heals because the inner child is really our emotional aspects of us. If we're feeling angry, if we could tune into the inner child, it would be the inner child that's angry about something. Or if we're in emotional pain, it's the inner child that's part of that. So that's why it's so crucial 
in energy healing to bring the inner child in uh, to be part of that healing. And with clients, I don't do that with all clients. Some clients are aware of their inner child, and they'll say, well, my inner child is not feeling safe at the moment. My inner child is upset. My inner child is, is you know, uh, out of... Out of my out of out of body for people that understand it. In other words, the inner child is not connected to the adult. Um, what do you do when you know that inner child work really needs to be done if healing is going to take place, but the your client doesn't want to have anything to do with it? What do you do? Well, it's always the client's choice, and as healers, what we can do is we can suggest, and the client always has a choice. If they're, if they're willing and ready, <clears throat> they'll take some suggestions, and if they're not, um, all we do is we do our work and, uh, you know, do the best we can. It's like any kind of situation. Yeah, and, and, and inner child work can be incredibly powerful and bring just tremendous relief. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about that and, and get into codependency, but right now, It's time for us to take another break. We'll be right back with more from my guest, Michael Lawrence, in just a few moments, so stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. What's missing in your life? Do you feel like you've lost your identity? Are you trying to cope with a loss in your life? Are you trying so hard to be a people pleaser? Stop! Invest some time in Dr. Marla Sloan's program, Mind Over Matters. This program will help you find the answers to these questions and more. Dr. Marla's passion is to help people to be the best they can be. And this program does just that. Tune in to Mind Over Matters with Dr. Marla every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Join host Daniel Gutierrez for Dialogues of the Heart on June 5th in Boulder, Colorado. Sign up for this inaugural show starring Don Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements, and special guests Jennifer Huff and Malcolm Watson. Be a part of the global dialogue shaping our future and dramatically improve your life, family, business, and most importantly, your success. Can't be there in person? You can still view this exclusive pay-per-view event airing live on the World Transformation Network on voiceamerica.tv. For more information, visit dialoguesoftheheart.com. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected the world talk radio variety channel you are tuned in to the self-improvement show with your host dr irene conlon 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. I'm here with my guest, uh, Michael Lawrence. We've been talking about healing the inner child. But before we get started in this segment, Michael, I want you to tell our listeners how they can reach you. Tell us how they reach you by phone, if you wish, or by email, where your website is, those good things. Yeah, I'll give you my email and my website. Uh, <clears throat> so it's mdlawrence at msn.com. So MD. L-A-W-R-I-E-N-C-E at msn.com. So the Lawrence has an I after the R. And my website is emotionalhealthtips.com. Okay, you got it. We will try to repeat that before the show is over. Okay, thank you. So keep a pencil and a paper handy so you can get it the next time around. If not, remember Michael Lawrence. I said that with an I in it. It's really Lawrence, but it's L-A, uh-oh. L-A-W-R-I-E-N-C-E. You know, if you forget it, then just Google Michael Lawrence and you'll find him. We were talking about the inner child, and you've mentioned a number of times uh, needing to deal with codependency issues. Let's talk a little bit about codependency, how it shows up and what you can do about it. Yeah, in my <clears throat> teaching teenage girls, 85 to 90% in each group have some codependency behaviors. Some is, is uh, much more than others. Uh, I believe that statistic, uh, and there, there's been a, some study done on it, that probably 85 to 90% of the, um, the um, Western population, Canada and the U.S., uh, have some codependency. Wow, that's a big number. Tell us a little bit how codependency shows up. Well, codependency shows up. A, a major way to identify it is if you're giving your power and yourself a, a way to serve others' needs. That's a big indication of codependency. You're giving your power away. Rather than being, a, but most people think of that as being a, a, a good neighbor or a good friend or a good yeah, and whatever. And and so it's a it's a it's a fine line between are you codependent, are you you know have a good heart and want to help others. And so how you can how you know that is are you taking care of your own needs. And then wow. out of taking care of yourself and nurturing yourself, then are you going out to help other people as you see they have a need? Because and see, that's, good that's, that describes why we have Alice Cooper's theme song, and it's a perfect example of getting over codependency. Because w- when you're codependent, you're worried about everybody else, and when you begin taking your power back, you learn to say no, and you set some parameters and some boundaries, right. and people think you're not so nice anymore, and that's exactly why we picked that song right. for our theme song. So, you know, if, if if they can sing Alice Cooper's song, they're probably getting over it, aren't they? Right. And what's the name of, <laughs> of the song? No More Mr. Nice Guy. Right. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I said no, and people right. get really upset when you've been codependent all these years, right. and all of a sudden you say, no, I don't think I want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. A codependent person will say, you know, uh, when one of their friends says, let's go to the movies, codependent person, if they don't want to go, will stay, still go. They'll say, okay. Yeah. And one of the, one of the major uh, steps in uh, recovering from codependency, and it's, a, and it's a tough one, is to start saying no. That's the most terrifying thing to do when you haven't done it. Well, they might not like me anymore. Right. Well, that's what we're concerned about. That's partly why we were codependent, because we wanted the other person to like us. Uh, <clears throat> and so they may not like us, and for our own, you know, for our own health and our own, own good, we need to start to say no when it's detrimental to us. If somebody comes and one of your friends comes and says, you know, let's go shoot up some, uh, some heroin, and, you know. Uh, you say, no. <laughs> and, and because, you know, you, you, you maybe uh, were involved in some drugs, or maybe not, and you know it's not good for you, but you don't want to say no to your friend, you say, okay. But yeah, I'll do it. I, you know, and inside you're saying, "Oh, I don't want to right. do this." Right. But you do it anyway because you you just have such a compulsion to please them. Well, it's yes, and, and most people have heard of the term people pleaser. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> or the caretaker. Or the one, caretaker. The one who looks after everybody else and never looks after themselves. Exactly, and we all know some, and some of us may have been one right. along the way. Right. Uh, I had that little tendency myself. I still have to watch for it, and it sounds like you may too. Well, I've <laughs> no, I've I come through Good. some years. I I actually have went down to the very subtle levels of being, you know, still having some traces to you know, Tell not you. having it anymore. I, I when I was full blown codependent. And in relationships with different women, if the here's a good sign of for men to recognize codependency, if you're if the woman is feeling up really good, then you feel up. If she's feeling down, then you feel down. And because Uh-oh. you're not you're not aware of your feelings, you're not expressing your feelings. And if you were like me, you were afraid to express your feelings because because I figured you know. The woman wouldn't like me. She didn't want to hear that. So, And if she knows fine. she's up and I'm not up, then we might have trouble. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, you've written a book, and part of the, I love, I love the, the tag, uh-huh. Freedom from Drama, Trauma, and Pain. Let's talk a little bit about your book. How did you come to write it? And then you know, let's talk a little bit about what's in that book. Um, well, <clears throat> in 1995, I, I had taught energy healing for, for four years, three years in L.A. and one year in Toronto, and decided I wanted to move to Sedona. And before I came to Sedona, I was, I was told by someone, well, uh, you need to start writing. <laughs> and I didn't consider myself a writer. So what I did, like I did with most of the things in my life, I sat down and started, I got a computer, my first computer. I started writing. I wrote uh, four or five hours a day, five days a week for two Wow. That's all I did. And uh, my intent was, because I had taught the energy healing, was to reach a greater audience. 
and I talked about my life experiences and what I'd been through and techniques I used. And when I finished it, and writing for writers, uh, <clears throat> as, as you know, as a writer, it's all about the rewrite. So I wrote, rewrote it five or six times, looked at it, that was the best I could do, and uh, <clears throat> um, decided that there, this, there wasn't a big enough audience for this. It was like too spiritual, there wasn't a big enough audience. And there probably How long ago was this? 1997 I finished, and, and that was probably true at that time. There's much more uh, openness to you know, uh, healing the emotions, emotional growth, emotional health, uh, developing spirituality now than there was then. Oh, yeah. The, the topic of spirituality is getting more popular, and it's more and more okay to talk about your spiritual path as opposed to whatever religion you're right. in. It's right. quite so, nice. Yeah. So then I, uh, I decided to write a nonfiction. Uh, it was uh, Questing the Emerald Heart. It was an inner and outer grail journey. I spent five or six years doing that. Anyway, I won't get into that. Uh, about three years ago, after leaving this book, which was a different name, it was called Quickening the Spirit Within originally, <clears throat> I got inspired to look at it again, and uh, um, I cut half of it, I cut it in half, threw it out, and uh, was just going to have that, and my wife said, you know, nobody's interested in your story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and which was uh, truth in it, because who knows, Michael David Lawrence, I mean, if you're President Clinton or Osama, you know, um, Obama, uh, people know who you are. Uh, so I spent a year collecting stories from other people about their journey, journey of emotional and spiritual healing. And uh, so it's been another three years of putting that all together, reaching this point now. And, and the title came to me. It, I had a different. I had a few different titles, and I was wondering, well, you know, what's the right kind of title? And one day, as I was, evening, as I was walking to the bathroom, it came to me. You know, uh, you know, healing drama, trauma, and pain, because most of us are caught up in that. Absolutely, but see, I have to disagree with you to some extent. I think you have a very compelling story, mm-hmm. and I think that because your name isn't on the front page every day doesn't matter, mm-hmm. because your story is something most of us can relate to. You know, our In childhood, yeah. you know, was a little strange, and we survived it somehow, but we were left with all this stuff. Right. And all this stuff then in adulthood began to impact us in these ways. In our relationships and, and in our jobs, yeah. Yeah, and, and your relationships were pretty rocky. And a lot of people can relate to that and say, yeah. wow, you know, he got through it and, and look where he is today. Right. Yeah. So I think you have a really powerful story. Well, thank you. And I also included over 15 other people's stories. So... We have a wider, wider variety that even more people can relate to. If exactly. If you relate to aspects of mine, there may be somebody else's story that they relate to, and I say, oh, yeah, you know, I can relate to that. Which of the stories in there do you think is the most powerful for mm, probably the average person? Yours or one of the others? You, you have a number of them that I thought were powerful. It's going to depend on the person and the person's, you know, life 
life experience about I, I, I wouldn't pick any one because they're all powerful in their own way. I could take any one. And uh, actually, uh, in one of my last chapters, I, I go through the different stories and say, in you know a paragraph or two and say, okay, this is where this person was. This was a quadriplegic person who was in pain every day. And <clears throat> they used different, as we can say, energy medicine techniques and kept searching and persevering and got through that. They're still a quadriplegic, but they have a different state of mind. They have a different way of handling it. And then that person takes what was a challenge and turned it into a strength, as all of these people have done, and then uh, uses what they have learned to assist other people in different ways. And that makes all the difference. It's time for us to take another break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in our last segment. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back with more from Michael Lawrence. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all lead busy lives, and sometimes we think we can't take care of our health. We battle food addictions, time restrictions, and media conflictions when it comes to our health. Now, you can tune in to the Dare to be Healthy show with host Alia Almoayed. Good health comes to those who dare to take the leap into the amazing world of natural healing. Find out what it's like to look and feel great. And finally, live your life to its maximum potential. Let Alia and her guests show you how. Dare to be Healthy is broadcast live Mondays at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Do you know that digestive problems, ADHD, and chronic pain can be treated naturally? In fact, most health problems can be treated using integrative and alternative medicine. Find out about cancer prevention and managing diabetes. Learn how to use common herbs and spices to treat a variety of conditions. For the sake of your good health, tune in to Natural Solutions with your host, Dr. Sean Palmer. Broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Michael Lawrence. We've been talking about all kinds of things today uh, in terms of healing, healing the inner child, uh, healing from codependency. Uh, We've been talking about his book, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about the book. And I want you to tell us about the virtual book tour. But tell us again how we get your book. Um, you didn't tell us yet. I guess tell us how we get your book. Yeah, if you if you go to my website emotionalhealthtips.com, dot uh, the first page that will will appear will have an explanation of the book um, and the writing of it, and it'll also towards the bottom it's on uh, as an ebook on Amazon uh, Kindle. It's parts one, two, and three. Uh, it's also on Barnes and Noble on their Nook Reader. And I also have it as a PDF file with 100 uh, colored images on ClickBank. So those are the ways you can get it. At the end of May, I will have a soft cover available on Amazon. Wonderful. Um, tell, uh, tell us why. Well, I just went blank. Yeah. Tell us about the book tour, because this is a new concept, a virtual book tour. <clears throat> yeah, virtual book tour, when I finished the... Uh, Quickly, when I finished the book in 97, the way you did a tour was a physical tour. You printed, if you had a publisher, they published it. Then you put the books in your car and you went uh, city to city and went uh, did uh, talks at bookstores. And uh, prayed that somebody would show up to sign it. Yeah, maybe if you were lucky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nowadays, because of the Internet, we have a virtual. In other words, you go online. You don't have to leave your office. Um, you go online, you, I go to different um, uh, websites that are somewhat similar to mine, and I do an article or an interview on that site. And so each day you can go, um, go to a different uh, uh, website and read a different article on different aspects of, in, in this case, um, on different kinds of healing, emotional healing. I'm, I, uh, I'm dealing with how to how to heal past negative emotions, how to alleviate chronic fatigue, um, how stress causes 95% of physical illness, um, all kinds of different things, uh, codependency, healing fear. Uh, so each day you can read a different article and learn about something new. And how how is that working? Is it going well? Can you see a difference? Uh, you know, I would think that you'd be able to track it on a- Amazon. I, I would. I, this, this seems to me to be a very powerful kind of a live concept in terms of letting people know about a book. Yeah, and also <clears throat> with uh, social media for people that know about Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, I also send out messages every day to all of those three. Um, sites related to the specific blog uh, article that is being featured on that day. Uh, so you can read it on that day, or you can go back later on later days once it's uh, posted to read it. Um, yeah, you have an article on the self-improvement blog that was last week, I think. <clears throat> yeah. So they can go there and see one. Yeah. Where are you today? Do you rem- do you know where you were today? Or were, were you? Is this your today? This is today. <laughs> this is today. So tomorrow you'll be on someplace altogether different. Oh, actually, I'll be in a blog site that's uh, out of India. Oh, I love it. And it- uh, doing a forum, and it's codependent. Codependent behavior. Is it running, 
or ruining your life. Oh, that's a great topic. Yeah. So you're you're global on this. Yeah, I had an audio interview uh, about a week ago with Sheila Jones in in uh, in England, and that will be coming up on um, Thursday, May the twenty sixth. So yes. With well, the virtual blog tour, you can you can be any part in, in any part of the world, and you don't have to, uh, you know, buy a plane ticket there. You don't have to load your car or your no. suitcase or any of those things and and drag it around with you, so you can sell a few books. It's it's just such a such a great great idea. Tempts me to write a book, but you know, Michael, I'm not sure I have the courage you have. How has writing a book changed you? Because I I know it does. Uh, well, what writing a book and then also marketing a book is. Ah, uh, yeah. First, the writer writes the book, which, and I said, is all about rewriting, and then. <laughs> and rewriting and rewriting yeah. and rewriting. And then it's about marketing it. If nobody in the world knows knows about your book, they can't buy it even if they wanted to. So Exactly. And even if you go with a mainline publisher, it's still all about marketing. You do the marketing as the author. The publisher no longer does that. If you're a self-publisher, as I am, you do the marketing. It, it's ongoing. Uh, and the, doing a virtual blog tour is one major way of marketing marketing of uh, author's book to get it out there so more people know about it, the people that it can help, then have the opportunity to buy it. So how did you find somebody who would help you with a virtual book tour? I, <clears throat> I, um, did you know about it already? or I knew about you? it and actually uh, downloaded some information, bought some information on it, and somebody who had done a successful uh, virtual blog tour looked at how they had done it. I participated in, uh, in a couple of uh, tours with other people, so I got to understand uh, the, you know, the different aspects of it. And then I looked at people that were in my niche and approached a number of different people. Some of them agreed, some were too busy, and uh, about 20 people agreed that, yes, uh, you can post an article on our, on our site. So it's, it's, about, it's like detective work. You go out there and look and, and see what's the best possibility. I mean, like sales work. It's like, let's look for a prospect. Where's the best prospect that, you know, will... We'll, uh, will suit our needs, and that's how I did it. And you also have to look to see if they have any kind of audience that well, yeah, they can they reach no for you. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not going to be you know, helpful. A, no. a website is the same way. You can have the most wonderful website on the planet, but right. if nobody knows it's there and nobody right. sees it, yeah. it's not doing you any good. So no. they need to be promoted, too. Fortunately, I have an in-house my son does that, so you know right. he helps me get seen. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't even know I needed to do it. It's it's just an interesting process. It's a, it's How does it? Yeah, it's very technical. I mean, it's uh, very technical. Book is very creative, and then doing the marketing is very technical. I mean, I do all kinds of different things, and and uh, you know sometimes I'm going on for days uh, looking at figuring out the technical aspect of something that doesn't work, and you just have to keep persevering until you figure it out. Exactly. How scary is it? And maybe scary is not the right word, but you know, just go with me on this one. How scary is it to put yourself out there so open in writing for the world to see? Well, I, I actually don't feel, I, I don't feel fear when I write articles. I tell, I, I 
when I post articles on my site, I generally have a little bit of background about my personal experience, so people really know where I'm coming from. And I believe that makes the article more interesting because they say, oh, okay, so that's, that's him, and, and then he's suggesting these things. Uh, so um, that's, that's the style of writing I do. And it makes your writing very powerful. Your writing or your book has a healing quality about it. Just reading it is going to introduce people to some healing energy, and I find that really quite wonderful. Yes. I, I would imagine that you've heard that from other people yes. as well. Thank you. Um, it truly does do that. Michael, what's the one message you'd like to leave with our listeners before we close the show? Well, the message that I find the most important is in the statement I will make is we can heal our pain and suffering. Most of us live with pain and suffering and don't know what to do about it. We go to medical doctors, we take pills, we may go to alternative practitioners uh, looking for different ways. So what I say, and this is not what I say, this is actually a statement that came from somebody unknown as far as I know, suffering is optional, pain is inevitable. So in other words, we don't have to suffer Pain is something, though, because we're in a human body, is we're going to experience. And there are ways to lessen that suffering. And if you keep in touch with Michael, he can help you through that. Next week, we'll have Dr. Julie Kiefer, who's a friend of mine and a naturopathic physician. She'll be telling us about her work as a doctor. Thank you, Michael Lawrence, for being with us today. This is Irene Conlon saying goodbye for the Self-Improvement Show. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, Irene. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are a parent of a child with autism,